In the rapidly changing world, healthcare needs are constantly evolving and clinicians need to find new ways to deliver care. And often the best way to do that is by looking back. Without Marie Curie, there would be no pioneering improvements to medical imaging today. If Edward Jenner didn't inoculate a 13-year-old with cowpox, there wouldn't even be a space for Professor Ian Fraser's cervical cancer vaccine. Our clinicians are standing on the shoulders of those who came before them, learning, growing and advancing. Hindsight isn't 2020. It's our future. As budgets tighten and the burden on the health system increases, local services need to be creative in finding new ways to deliver care. But what's the key to success in this rapidly changing environment? Improving services to meet the specific needs of their local community. With one of the best titled presentations at the 2020 Showcase, Leah Barnes joined us to share how she and the team expanded Logan Hospital's vestibular service and increased capacity. Or, you know, how they turned spinning into winning. Good afternoon, everyone, and thank you so much for this opportunity to be able to present here at Clinical Excellence Showcase. I'm an advanced physiotherapist, but my specialty area is actually vestibular. So most people say V-what when my patients walk through the door. But vestibular is essentially someone who specialises in dizziness and balance, and so it's the inner ear as well. So what I wanted to be able to talk to you about is what we did at Logan Hospital over many years, but particularly more over a, um, a, a smaller period of time in turning spinning into winning and how we expanded our vestibular service at Logan Hospital. So in 2013, like many health services, there's chronically long wait lists, honing in particularly into the ENT wait lists. And as a result, what happened in 2013 to about 2015, the team there used their staff that they had in audiology to be able to start a first point of contact screening mm -hmm. clinic. Now, that was a wonderful service, but one of the challenges that they identified was is that there was actually no on-site vestibular physiotherapy, which was my role, or vestibular diagnostic audiology. So that's actually audiology that uses quite high-tech equipment to be able to understand what's going on with these patients with dizziness and balance disorders. So as a result, these people were being screened through from the ENT waitlist through this first point of contact clinic, but if they required further diagnostics or if they required rehabilitation through vestibular physiotherapy, they needed to go off-site. So patients were basically having to go to and from, and it was actually outside of the, our health service district as well that we were trying to access those services. So as a result, in 2016, we actually got funding to be able to centralise these services, which was fantastic. So a vestibular physiotherapist, so my role, was able to come on, as well as a vestibular diagnostic audiologist was able to enhance these services. So everything was going quite well in regards over a couple of years of centralising these services, and we'll talk a little bit about what we did in that time as well. But we also focused, shifted our focus a little bit as outpatient services were starting to hum a little bit more. We recognised that there was actually a growing demand for inpatient vestibular services as well. The other thing that also came up when we were having a look at these services when it came to graduates. So there was no pre-graduate vestibular physiotherapy placement. So these graduates were coming out and were basically told this is something that you'll learn when you graduate. 
Another thing that we also identified that there was no clear HP scale progression for vestibular physiotherapy. So at the time in 2018, essentially these vestibular services or vestibular physiotherapy services were basically HP5 or advanced level positions. So as a result, at that time, it was also quite hard if you're wanting to learn and there was a risk of service failure because of the certainly the high amount of expertise or at least experience that you needed in this area. So what were our aims at Logan Hospital? One of the key things is, of course, is to continue to reduce the ENT wait list, but also to shift our focus as well of the neurology wait times. The other area that we wanted to improve is our access for patients just across the board, so for these services, and also to improve sustainability and career progression in this specialty area as well. So our solution one was first honing in on these first point of contact clinics. So I highlighted that we needed to redesign the current model for the existing first point of contact clinic for ENT and that was with centralising and bringing on board the vestibular physiotherapist and also the vestibular diagnostic audiologist. It was also important to expand to include the neurology waitlist as well to actually have a first point of contact clinic in that particular area. And here's just an example of a snapshot of our current pathway. So those that aren't familiar with these Allard Health First Point of Contact Clinics, so a GP makes a referral to ENT or neurology, and these were targeting referrals that actually had dizziness, balance, imbalance, vertigo, and so forth. So rather than them waiting a very long time to be able to see one of these specialists, the first point of contact clinic is that they come in and see the Allard Health Professional, and that involves not only vestibular physiotherapy, but vestibular diagnostic audiology. We'll talk a little bit more about the specific outcomes, but more often than not, patients are discharged from the wait list without actually needing a specialist consult. The other solution was to enhance the access across the board. So I've already highlighted about the first point of contact clinic. So in order for patients to be able to access these services, the GP needed to refer them to ENT or neurology wait lists. However, about, what about the situation where the referrer wanted to refer them directly to vestibular physiotherapy services? Because pre-2016, there was no vestibular physiotherapy service at Logan Hospital. So what we did is we set up this second point of contact or secondary contact clinic so that these GPs and internal medicine and allied health professionals had a direct pathway that they could get their patients seen for vestibular physiotherapy. The other solution was to establish an inpatient vestibular physiotherapy consultancy service. So for two hours a day, we had vestibular physiotherapists with a unique skill set being able to actually assist those patients with more timely discharge and to start the ball rolling in understanding what's going on a little bit quicker. A third solution that we implemented at Logan Hospital was linking in more about this sustainability and career progression in more of a specialised area. So we're really the first area of physiotherapy department within Queensland and actually to my knowledge within Australia that actually has designated positions at all clinical levels for vestibular physiotherapy. So we now have permanent positions at all of those three main levels. So a HP3 vestibular physiotherapist who's permanent, a HP4 vestibular physiotherapist who's permanent and a HP5 vestibular physiotherapist as well. We also initiated Queensland's first specialty vestibular hospital placement for pre-graduate physiotherapists. We actually have a student on placement now where they're spending five to six weeks just purely in the field of vestibular physiotherapy increasing their ability and their understanding and work readiness for this specialty area that's only expanding within Queensland Health. 
The other area, and more recently, we support entry-level physiotherapists through a mentored rotational vestibular position. So what you can see here is this is essentially the dedicated vestibular physiotherapy stream that we have at Logan Hospital. So we have our director of physiotherapy, but then my role as the team leader of its own dedicated stream in vestibular physiotherapy. And then with that, we have a HP4, so a senior clinician, and then we have this permanent HP3, but then also a rotational. So we're continuing to increase the uh, succession abilities within our department as well. And of course, enhancing patient access. So well, what are the outcomes and benefits? You may have started to think when you saw the title turning spinning into winning, well, what was that all about? And one of the biggest achievements that we did achieve is the Metro South Health Board Chairs Award. So in 2018 is our team here. We've got uh, Marnie also in the audience as well, who might be hiding right now. But recognising that here's our audiologist and Marnie, the Director of Speech and Audiology, being able to get an award for un delivering our values unleashed potential. And one of the key things that contributed to us earning this award is recognising the massive impact that we had on these patient wait times. So as an example is recognising that for neurology vestibular referrals, so patients are referred with dizziness or imbalance, before we started this first point of contact clinic, the mean wait time was 589 days. Just 12 months later, that drastically reduced to 49 days. So as you can imagine, that has massive patient implications and their satisfaction and safety as well is certainly increased. Recognising that it would be remiss to not highlight from a consumer's perspective of how they've found this service. So here is just a bit of an excerpt that from actually written in from Betty is her name. So we've had situations, not just this one, where we've had unprompted consumer feedback that are riding into our hospital and are so grateful for this service. Traditionally, vestibular services come with quite a cost in the private sector. So to actually have this service available for free is really valuable as well. And in Betty's own word she wrote here just down here she says I am very grateful for this free service top marks to the Logan outpatient CNT clinic the girls in reception are excellent too and we all know we wouldn't be able to do what we do without the admin officers that are part of our team every single day as well so I think that was brilliant that she added that in in regards to looking at the data and the occasions of service and so forth, so since we actually started our first point of contact, so this is these vestibular clinics, ENT and neurology, in a combination of audiology and physiotherapy data. So we are a team that work quite well together. And as you can see, since we started, 630 discharges have occurred coming off those specialist outpatient wait lists. And then being able to jump across to this pie graph here, we can see that 90% of those are discharged without the need of an ENT or a neurology consultant. And so essentially only 10% of them are needing to return for a medical consult. It is an income generating clinic that continues, this is just a snapshot of starting off of one, one half of the year and the second half of the year it continues to increase as well as we were gaining more momentum in what we were doing. Just to be able to also take a snapshot of that combined with audiology and physiotherapy with our first point of contact clinics, but the other area of growth and expansion is the vestibular service to start with. So recognising at the start of 2016, there was no vestibular physiotherapy service at Logan Hospital. We got a little bit of staffing, so a day and a half a week in 2016, and then fast forward three years, that, that's um, grown exponentially. We now have permanent 1.3 FTE. Yes, it is small, but this is something that we can continuing to grow on as well. What's exciting is 2020, we received notification that the Queensland Technology Fund, we were able to get funding for Queensland's first BPPV repositioning chair at Logan Hospital, and that's going to start this year, and with that came with a little bit of extra funding as well. 
Some people do ask, maybe not everyone, but some people do ask, okay, if this is more of a specialist area, traditionally just HP5, so advanced level clinicians, what about the HP3 and the HP4? What's their role? And being able to see here that certainly, and we all have different FTEs based on where we were funded and at what point of time, but we're all playing a role in, in bringing in those occasions of service. And this is just a snapshot of last financial year. So we had 222 new patients occasions of service and 636 review occasions of service. Out of that, that's a total designated 1.1 FTE to outpatients, but we also have two hours a day designated to that inpatient consultancy service. So just to wrap it all up, how did we turn spinning into winning at Logan Hospital and what did we learn about all of that? And of course it goes without saying that executive and operational support is quintessential to these models working. These alternative innovative first point of contact models, it's certainly something that we we wouldn't be able to do without the support of our executives and line managers. One thing that's also imperative is the trust. The trust between the, the medical doctors and also the allied health practitioners as well. We also need to make sure that we regularly communicate. What we have at Logan Hospital, which is really quite unique, is that we are in our integrated ENT service. We are actually all co-located. So I am the physiotherapist there and I'm next door to the doctor, the ENT reg, the PHO. I'm next door to the speech pathologist, next door to the audiologist. All of us are there together, knocking on each other's Door, there's a lot of trust and there's a lot of communication and that's something that we've learned is imperative to the success of this type of model. The other thing that you can see is that we started with a very small FTE, 0.26. I remember when I started, I'm like going, when I explained, people go, what, what number is that? It's a very small number and you go with what you get and you go with what funding you can and you continue to build upon that with the KPIs and what you've been able to achieve with that particularly to the dedicated vestibular physiotherapy stream. So this is not something that's really been done before in Queensland Health in regards to actually having this stream purely for vestibular physiotherapy. And what I've been able to recognise is that it enhances patient access to this specialty area across the health service and also recognising that it also embeds this sustainability with, um, within this specialty area. Just to finish, I just wanted to highlight the acknowledgements. We certainly wouldn't be able to do what we do without a body of people involved in that. Thank you. As always, thank you for listening to our podcast and taking the time to learn about the wonderful work of Queensland's frontline clinicians. To continue the conversation, head on over to Facebook and let us know of any pockets of excellence you think deserve to be showcased. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Clinical Excellence Queensland.